Well, July 4th is with us. Hot dogs, the fireworks, the patriotic music. And there's going to be a lot of emphasis on our independence. And we love our independence, you know, our freedom, our rights, and, you know, the rights that come with all that. But how far should we take those rights? Well, welcome to Bible Studies for Life, the adult podcast. This is hosted each week by Chris Johnson and myself, Lynn Pryor. And in this special focus podcast, Chris and I want to consider the fact that as Christians, we also have rights, but those rights uh, that arise out of the freedom we're given in Christ. But love dictates that we often set aside that right and freedom for the sake of others. That's our topic. Chris, and I think this is an important topic for us. I really do too, Lynn. I'm, I'm glad that um, we've kind of in the middle of our, um, our, our study on the Holy Spirit, we've taken just a moment to, uh, to look at, kind of, I think what's on the, everybody's minds is the is, issues of freedom. Uh, it's a challenge. I think in our churches today, we're seeing that a lot of people feel like that I need, I have the freedom to express myself and I'm going to however I want to. And it's created some issues in, in, in the church and in the culture. And uh, this is a good thing for us to talk about. It is. And I'm glad to have the author of this study called Interdependent Independence. The author of the study is with us right now for this podcast. That is Nick Person. Nick, thank you for joining us for this podcast. Oh, I'm glad to be a part. I'm glad to be a part. And also just talking about really an accurate view of what it means to be independent. I think it's necessary because we can, as you mentioned, Chris, take it too far and, and, and also miss use and abuse what freedom really was meant to do so i wanted nick to write this study because i have nick is the teaching pastor at new vision baptist church in murfreesboro tennessee nick and i both live i live in murfreesboro and i've heard nick on several occasions preach and just his heart the way he delivers he is nick i really wanted you to be the one to deliver this message and you've done such a good job with it so again thank you for being a part of this with us appreciate you man so and an and issue for us to discuss and I think where this comes into play a lot is, is the issue of spiritual maturity. And um, a lot of the times um, what we're, I think what we're seeing is a lot of personal and spiritual immaturity um, in the church and in culture. So um, I've just been blessed to be a part of churches um, that had a, had depth and had, had some spiritual maturity and, understood in print the principle that Paul talked about a lot is just, you know, you need to be more concerned about others and yourselves, which is a theme that's going to show up um, in, in, in the passage we're looking at today. That sometimes like we think that we can act independently, which means that we don't need anybody, which means we're not connected to anybody. And that's, that's simply not true. Like just the nature of Christianity and the nature of relationship, it's always interconnected. And you even look back at Jesus, Jesus, although he could have done it, you know, independently of anyone chose to do it with a close group of individuals, which also what I love about Jesus is not only does he tell us what to do, but he shows us what to do. And so this fact that Jesus lived interdependently with these 12 guys just shows us the necessity for it in our own lives. So for this study, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians 10. Uh, All the verses are coming out of 1 Corinthians 10. And as we look at this passage together, this is what we're driving toward, that we need to let uh, our responsibility to others, it needs to drive how we exercise our rights. 
Our responsibility to others is going to drive how we exercise our rights. First Corinthians 10, I'm going to pick up in verse 23. Paul wrote, everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible, but not everything builds up. No one is to seek his own good, but the good of the other person. So that gets right to the heart uh, of the matter. Um, To to understand that the idea of permissible freedom um, is uh, addressed. um, But Paul says, you know, even though you have freedom, even though it's permissible, it's not necessarily beneficial and it won't necessarily build up others or build up the church. And uh, that's a, that's a good thing for us to have in mind and to think about uh, when we're thinking about my freedoms. It is. And, and I think as I'm thinking about it, my mentor would always say to me, Hey, Nick, is it, is it best? Like not if it's good, not if it's okay, but is it best? And when you have the filter of, is this best not only for myself, but also for those around me that I'm going to impact, it sometimes changes the way we navigate. And so as Paul's addressing like, hey, yeah, it's allowed, it's allowed, but just because it's allowed doesn't necessarily mean that it's best. And I think it's important for us as believers to ask ourselves that question as we navigate life, as we live life, is this not only best for me, but is it best for those around me as well? So at the end of this passage, and we'll talk about that specifically, but he, especially in when we have the opportunity to impact others that are not believers, that comes into play. So it comes into play within the church, but it also comes into play from a, a witness perspective. So let me just say something that I have seen churches that have gone almost too far on being concerned about about the feelings of others. Uh, I was a part of a church that it was their un, it was their unwritten value that you never hurt anybody's feelings. Okay? Well, that sounds good until that becomes the proposition that you live by to the point that you don't do what's right or don't address issues that are real because you're more concerned about people's feelings than doing what's right. So just, I think I, I wanted to say that there's a, maybe a spectrum that we need to be aware of that. Um, yes, Paul is absolutely correct with what he says that we need to be concerned about others, but don't go too far <laughs> to, to, to the point that you're so concerned about other people's feelings that, Uh, that that drives everything that you do? Well, we have to navigate the tension, right? I think sometimes we want to alleviate the tension, but really what I see about Jesus is he's he navigated the tension perfectly, right? He, in some situations, he bothered everybody, right? Because, you know, there are people that wanted him to be all the way over here and there are people that wanted him to be over here, but Jesus navigated the the tension. Another way to say that is Jesus was the most discerning of any person ever in the history of the world. And so we have to be discerning, being able to listen to the Holy Spirit and go, okay, like we need to navigate this tension and know that like a part of 
being in the world, but not of the world is navigating tension and it's never going to go away. We just learn to navigate it better and better and better. And so I just think that's really important. Well, Paul's emphasis here is in verse 24 is this doing a considering the good of the other person. And sometimes, well, let me put it this way. I'm thankful that my parents, when I was a kid, hurt my feelings occasionally because they had to correct me, but they corrected me for my good. Uh, and sometimes we have to step in with that tough love or just uh, have that little come to Jesus moment with somebody in the church for their benefit. Now we, it's always couched in love, but love doesn't mean that we don't, we, we don't want to hurt their feelings. Uh, and really kind of the context we're going to see here as we move on uh, is not just the good of the others is you don't want to do anything that's going to offend the other person. Hurting their feelings is, is could be a different issue, but don't un- offend people unnecessarily. Now we know Jesus offended people. Uh, we do that, but it's don't don't go out of your way to do something that could be avoided in, as far as offending them. Paul said it a whole lot better than I do. So let me read verse twenty five. And pa- what Paul is jumping into a specific context here uh, related to food. He said, "Eat everything that is sold in the meat market." without raising questions for the sake of conscience, since the earth is the Lord's and all that is in it. If any of the unbelievers invite you over and you want to go, eat everything that is set before you without raising questions for the sake of conscience. But if someone says to you, this is food from a sacrifice, do not eat it out of consideration for the one who told you and for the sake of conscience. I do not mean your own conscience, but the other person's. For why, why is my freedom judged by another person's conscience? But if I partake, partake with thanksgiving, why am I criticized because of something for which I give thanks? All right. So, Lynn, we're going to let you uh, or Nick, maybe you're the person that needs to do this. Uh, let's talk about for Paul. He's talking about he's talking about meat market. He's not talking like me and you go into the meat market. <laughs> How's this different? <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, he's talking about because there were, you know, he's dealing with Jewish culture and he's also dealing with those who have no clue or no context. He's dealing with what he would have called pagans or people who are not associated with the things. And so in Jewish culture, there are a lot of rules and regulations as to what to eat, what was permissible, what brought honor to God. And so Paul is navigating with these people that don't have this context of rules. And so what he's talking about is when you go to the meat market, he has to be aware of all the things. And so if he goes to someone who is not familiar with Jewish culture and they're offering him all kinds of food, Eat it, he's saying. He's like, they are just trying to meet you where they are. They're giving you an offering. They're being hospitable to you. Eat it. If you go to a brother who has restrictions and different requirements, then don't eat it because it's offended. So he's not talking about a normal meat market. He's he's speaking specifically because in this time, it was a big deal what you were eating. It wasn't just vegan or, you know, I'm, I'm eating a high protein diet. It was really like, it was a reflection of where you were and how you responded to the Lord. And so it had a lot of more ramifications than just, hey, health or something like that. It really was specific to, hey, how am I honoring the Lord in every part and every aspect of my life, including what I eat? And so he's saying, depending on where you go, 
depends on what you will eat based on the company in which you're keeping. So on the pagan side, uh, there were the reality is there was uh, there was food, meat that had been sacrificed to an idol. And so that's directly what he's talking about here. Um, you, know, you, you know, you almost get the sense that maybe maybe meat to idols was discounted. <laughs> but but there were there were people probably non-believers uh, or or immature Christians who would go, how could you eat food that had meat that had been sacrificed to an idol? So that's kind of the other side of it. That's kind of that in-between part, right? That's the tension of it is is because you have people on the spectrum that some get it, some don't. Some are going, well, wait, Paul, what about this, though? Like, why would you go eat this food? And Paul's going because I'm meeting them where they are, right? It is not offensive to them, and they're being hospitable to me. So I'm meeting them right where they are, not stepping outside of what the Lord has called me to do by any means, but I'm just meeting them where they are. And that is a sign of maturity of of not looking so closely, but taking a step back and seeing it for what it is and seeing every aspect of it. And, and really just having the ability to pause and go, okay, what's really going on here? Let me not judge it too quickly, but let me get a realistic and accurate view of what's going on. But Nick, what we could do, uh, help me here, put in our context of things that we live uh, with today, because the meat market's not an issue for us today, but there's issues of some people want to call them gray areas, um, matters of conscience, where sometimes Christians uh, may, may disagree. You should do this. No, uh, or you should do this. And others say, no, you shouldn't do that. That's where I think a lot of discussion is going to come in our groups. Is Well, how does this apply to us today? Uh, that's, that's the challenging question. What are those matters of conscience uh, that we need to talk about? Well, I would just say, personally speaking, and something that I've had conversations with is I happen to have tattoos, uh, you know, and I don't see anything is wrong with having tattoos and people will bring up some text and go, but what about this? And what about this? And you try to explain the context of it and go, Hey, I'm not telling you, you have to get a tattoo. I'm not, (laughs) I'm not saying, Hey, everyone, this is a rule of regulation, but I want you to understand the reason why I'm getting a tattoo is not to be offensive to you, but you get to explain what it is. And there are people that still don't like my tattoos, but they have gotten a new and a different perspective on tattoos. And so they see that it's not necessarily something that's going against the Lord. It's more of a personal preference or a personal belief as to what they believe to be the best. Like for them, tattoos aren't best. You know, they're probably not even great or good. And so you have this conversation of going, hey, I want you to know that I'm not doing this in a direct opposition of the Lord. Here is how I view that to be true. And there's several other things that there are different groups of people that don't like this or don't like that based on personal preference or even an interpretation of some scripture. They go, well, I don't see it that way. And I think sometimes in those um in those situations, you go, you know what? I see, I hear, I hear you. And as far as we are concerned, how can I live, live peaceably with you, even though I don't fully agree with you, right? That's that's kind of meeting people where they are. And that's difficult because sometimes we want to be the judge and jury on all the things. And some things, as you said, Lynn, are the gray areas where you know you read this 
commentary and you go, okay, you read this commentary, you go, oh, where is it? And then that's when you allow um, really the Holy Spirit and discernment to speak into that as well. So uh, I, I appreciate that you said that, Nick. And Lynn, I appreciate that you brought it up. Um, alcohol is going to be one of those issues where people are maybe have dif- disagreements about um, uh, whether to consume or not to consume. And, you know, I'm, uh, I choose to, to not drink and to, and to never drink. And for me, it's a conviction and it's, it's, it's witness, but it's also a lifetime of experience of seeing the devastating effect of alcohol in excess that just, that just has, caused me to make a decision that that's a place I'm not going to go in our culture. We're going to have that same kind of conversation at some point in the future um, around, around marijuana uh, as it becomes, uh, as it becomes legal more and more places. Uh, There are going to be people who are going to differ and disagree over that topic. I think gambling is going to be one of those things. Uh, Our culture has kind of said, yeah, sure. Gambling's okay. It's all right. Um, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm convinced that there's going to be a, a, a Black Sox 1919 baseball scandal uh, in, in our future that's going to cause everybody to go, oh, maybe we shouldn't have done that. You know, but, but those are some of the conversations that could possibly, you know, it, it, can I do it? Can I not? Is it legal? Is it illegal? What about conscience? What about unbelievers all of these types of conversations have the potential to happen in our groups this week right oh sure and you know historically there's been other issues uh dancing seems to be a non-issue these days but (laughs) the culture i grew up in good christian kids Mm -hmm. didn't dance unless unless you were methodist you methodist kids got to dance we bad as we didn't uh and uh yeah there can go back earlier movies, even playing cards or issues. But I even think this may not be a good example, but uh, in the last year I've preached in a couple of churches. I do a lot of guest preaching and these are the churches. It's Sunday. You're a church. You're going to wear a tie. Oh no. You're going to wear a coat and tie. So I'm happy not wearing a coat and tie, but I wore a coat and tie. And I, and just because uh, yeah, I could have showed up, not, you know, just casual dressed, but as I see the principle, I'm not going to do anything uh, to offend unnecessarily. So if I'm up there doing it in a, in a way that offends, they're not hearing a word I'm saying, all they can see is the fact that young man's not wearing a tie. There's a lot of things, little things like that, that we could think about that. I'm just not going to do anything. That's going to be a stumbling or just going to offend someone. If I don't, if I can avoid it. Yeah. Stumbling blocks, a good word. Uh, a good, good, good phrase for us to consider here. So, Nick, is there instances when you're speaking that you would wear sleeves or cover up tats so that it's not an issue? Yeah, I always think of what obstacle unnecessarily am I putting in the way from you hearing the truth of what I'm sure. trying to say? Yeah, it really a lot of times it depends. You know, it's, it's part of just communicating is knowing your audience. And it's not that you are changing who you are, but you're trying to, again, remove obstacles from people hearing the truth of what you're trying to say. Like, for example, I, I, wearing a hat is not a big deal to me at all. 
but to some people, huge deal. So as simply as taking a hat off removes an obstacle for people. Is there anything wrong with hats? No, that's not the point. The point is me being aware and discerning enough to know that if I wear a hat or if I don't have a tie on, or if I didn't show up in a suit for this particular audience, and you could argue all day long how they need to get over it and they need to change. Okay. But the truth is the gospel being heard is more important than me wearing what I want to wear, right? Because I'm still wearing what I want to wear. It's just a little bit different. And so, yeah, you're just trying to remove that obstacle. So depending on who I'm trying to reach will depend on what obstacles I need to remove in order so they can hear the truth of the gospel. That's a great explanation. And the examples that you gave were really good. I appreciate you saying that. I love how this passage, this study we're doing wraps up when you come to verses 31, uh, especially uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 31, whatever you eat or drink, whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. Boy, that's just a great summation right there. Am I doing it because it's, well, I, 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 it's my right to do this. It's okay for me. Am I really willing to honor and please Jesus in this? That really checks your heart, right? Because y'all might find this hard to believe, but there is a bit of a rebel in me. I mean, so there's a bit of me that wants to ruffle feathers, that wants to, you know, um, stretch people and wants to make people go, hey, you need to see another side of it. But I have to check myself. And this verse is a great verse to check yourself. What is my ultimate motivation? Is this to bring glory to the Lord or to be right? Is this so that people... Everything that I'm doing is to give glory and honor and do best with what I've been entrusted with. Or am I trying to, quote unquote, stick it to the man because I'm able to? And I don't, you know, I don't, I, it's frustrating at times because I'm like, man, whatever I do, do it for the glory of the Lord. And it's just like, whoa, that's the measuring stick. The measuring stick is not what other people are doing. It's, Am I doing this for the glory and the honor of the Lord? And I tell you, when you ask yourself that question, you navigate differently um, because, you know, because a lot of times I'm not doing it for the glory of the Lord. I'm doing it because I'm trying to prove a point or because I want to be right or I'll feel justified in it, not because I'm trying to honor the Lord and what I'm doing. And uh, that's one of those verses that really checks your heart, which I sometimes don't like very much. So. I'm glad you said that. That's that is a, a, a good heart check. I like that. In in the last verse, Paul said, so here's Paul the apostle, the church, Paul the church planter, Paul the evangelist, saying, just as I also try to please everyone and everything, not seeking my own benefit, not not just to be a not just for the purpose of being a people pleaser, not seeking my own benefit, but the benefit of many so that they may be saved. So there's, there's another heart check point uh, for us to consider and for us to have a conversation about in our classes. You see, I think there's a great deal of immaturity in the church. And a lot of the times we're going, you know, I want what I want. That's what we're hearing. Uh, I want things to go my way. And I don't, I don't really care about anybody else. And, and Paul Hey, listen, we need to be concerned about what we do and how we do it because other people are paying attention to it. And our sole purpose 
primary purpose is so that others are saved. So you need to keep that in mind as well. And that's a good reminder. I mean, that's exactly what you described with, with obstacles and, and, and always giving glory to God. Those, those are important concepts that I don't think we talk about enough in the church and in our groups today. Well, I had, I had one of my old pastors will say it this way. He would say, keep the main thing, the main thing. Like if we keep the main thing, which is that honoring and glorifying the Lord and removing obstacles, then a lot of the way we navigate, we'll see that sometimes it's a dying to self so that the gospel can be elevated. And so that only happens when we keep the main thing, the main thing and keep what's really, truly important in our sights. So yeah, Chris. Good point. Solid discussion. Thank you, Nick. And thank you for what you wrote. And thank you for your contribution to this podcast. Uh, we hope you have a good conversation with your groups as well as you talk about this, this idea of our, uh, the tension between our, our freedoms and our rights, yet our responsibility we have to others. So let our responsibility to others drive how we exercise our rights. We hope you have a great Bible study this week, and we look forward to being with you at our next podcast. <music>